stream yeah we know you out here on the team mm. hospitality md mm. yeah yeah we putting in them hours yeah we don't look so sour yeah because this is hospitality yeah like we know that this is the destiny and we're live. Good thing we're open 24-7 in this industry and we got bright lights. Welcome to the show. This is the PM shift with Kyle, Greg, and Tom. And today we are talking about work in the show. Yeah, welcome. I guess we should probably acknowledge that. Um, that was our what may become a tradition. Which is a freestyle. I I do not think so. Listen, I was I was fully against it at first, but now I I love it. (laughs) We should do it every time. Each time we should just make Kyle go on stage for longer than he has to. (laughs) Just just just, don't don't cut the music out. Don't don't cut it. Don't go live. Just let him like Yeah. Yeah. Because before the stream started, I was like, let's do this little freestyle thing. But just fade the music out like pretty quick, like it's gonna yeah. deteriorate quickly. But the more we do this, I'm probably gonna become like a really good freestyle <laughs> rapper. So it'll uh, be five minutes of Kyle on stage, and the, like the last two are gonna be him trying to cue us. <laughs> <laughs> Six months from now, just look out for the uh, compilation video of all my freestyles. So what are we talking about? Um, no freestyle, today. please. <laughs> So, yes. Um, So today we are talking about work expectations in the hospitality industry. That's that's the title, right? That is um, close, close to the title. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just make sure we have this exactly right. It was um, hospitality work expectations is okay. how we, how yeah, we hospitality work expectations by the way for those of you who are tuning in thank you so much let us know in the comments where you're from show some love um where, and, where, where are you from right now oh i'm actually coming at you from the award-winning connie award-winning double tree by hilton writing pa under the direction of craig pool so life is good man very nice very nice well yeah Tom and I are nowhere near Reading. Come to you from Chicago. Yep, I'm here in the Boscov's boardroom, um, and I'm trying as hard as I can not to uh, disrupt the uh, meeting that has been preset for tomorrow morning. Um, but we're lucky that we have business. We're blessed in abundance that we have the business that we do. So, um, but yeah. So anyway. Um, if you guys are new, thanks for showing up. Let us know where you're from in the comments. Show us some love. 
subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Make sure you follow on LinkedIn or like us on Facebook if you're tuning in for the first time. Noel's coming from his award-winning coach. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, enjoying some ham dinner, I suppose, Noel. Hamon. Hamon. All right, so you want me to put up our uh, topic for tonight here? Yeah, let's let's peep. Throw her up. Another inspiration from the oh, internet today. That's not it. You guys don't want to see that. <laughs> Josh. Hey, Josh. And look at how clean shaven and wow. smoothly looks great, in that picture. Great, great yeah, that's that, I like that newspaper boy. Hat. One. Um <laughs> so Greg. <laughs> Ham dumplings. Ham dumplings. Yes. Nice. Look, even Noel, look at Noel's looking sharp too in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, but there's Noelle. a difference because that's a Facebook profile picture, right? Yeah. Like it's the YouTube profile picture I have respect for because nobody sees that. <laughs> oh, so Noel, he doesn't have any respect yeah, for your that picture. That hasn't been. Yeah. Yeah, wait, wait, that's not what I meant. <laughs> he looks clean in the Facebook picture too. Yeah. And for those who are uh, listening to this on audio, I'm sure you have no idea what's going on but just bear with us well, not true i actually um you should be able to see the video version of this on spotify great we, we do upload the video on there so if you're so for spotify, everyone who's driving right now be sure to get out your phones <laughs> pull up the stream <laughs> and tune in. no <laughs> <laughs> this is not terrible advice for yeah actually um pull over um uh yeah. Anyway, guys, we're back with another uh, internet inspiration from today. This is uh, this is Facebook, um, and I don't know who did this on the internet, but um, well, I I keep their names off just because I didn't ask. We don't want to think we can do it. Yeah, and yeah. and and I don't think he wrote. Well, we'll talk about it more, but I don't think he wrote anything necessarily bad, but. I still don't want to shout them out if they're not expecting to. So right, and at, I guess at the time of this screenshot, it looks like we're seeing an abundance of support of 206 reactions, with 31 comments that were pretty positive and encouraging. Yeah, I took the screenshot. I think yesterday. So well, I'm for sure those more on there. For those that are listening, though, let's let's go ahead and give it a quick read. Oh, we um, don't want them to just open their phones from their while they're while driving. They're driving? No. Yeah, okay. We, we don't want that lawsuit. <laughs> Would you like me to read it? Go ahead. All sure. right. <clears throat> oh, hospitality professionals want to have a life outside of work. It's hard to have a life if you do split shifts, work 12 hours a day, finish shift at midnight, and are back to work at 10 a.m. the next day, If you, or finish at 1.30 in the morning and come back at 10 a.m., right, Tom? That was, that was me last weekend. <laughs> if we want to attract a new generation of hospitality, you're welcome. We have to fight the old presumptions that work in the industry is hard. The future looks a mix of 40 hour, 40 hours a week contracts, no quote casual on end quote contracts, eight hours long shift, split shifts gone or four days work week. No more quote. You may be required to work more depending on business needs end quote. There is no place for, there's a lot of quotes. I'm not going to say quote anymore. There is no place for this is hospitality. The hours are long. Current staff shortage shows how wrong the entire industry was for years. Let's be the change we want to see. This is very, very interesting. There's a lot to get into. 
all that. Thank you, Paulo. Before we get into it, <laughs> oh my let, gosh, let Paulo roast. Funny. Guys. What this time is it funny. is in Brazil? It's 10:21 p.m. So it is. So you are one hour ahead of. <laughs> Let's bring this back on a nightly basis as well. Just to... <laughs> yeah, every night we have to tell Kyle what time it is in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, actually, we could do like a world clock segment where like we choose like a random. So you want us to teach you time world. zones? Is what? <laughs> I'll be a a competent rapper and a competent uh time zone expert by the time we get to like six months of consistent live shows uh, anyway we have our viewers yeah paula thank you <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah this is very very interesting i'm just gonna say like my first thought that like made me stop in my tracks like i'm we're reading it okay well they want to have a life outside of work yeah they do it's hard to have a life if you do split shit for 12 hours a day. Yeah, totally is. We want to attract the new generation of hospitality. Yeah. But where I stopped and thought, well, let's think about this for a second, is we have to fight with the old presumptions that work in the industry is hard. Do we? Do we? Because does hard mean bad? Or do people really want a challenge? Do people need a challenge? Is the fact that the work in the industry is hard one of our greatest strengths that we should be leveraging rather than being uh, you know, being portrayed as one of our greatest weaknesses that we need to uh, a problem to be solved? Or is it something to be embraced? Well, let me let me push back a little bit on on this point. I want to make sure that we keep a, a line in the sand in terms of I'm not sure what she means or he or she means by hard work um, because it seems like the entire you know point of the post is just talking about purely on an hourly basis, purely on an hours worked basis. Um, they're, I don't think they're trying to comment on like the nature of the work itself, but I could be wrong. It doesn't seem like they're trying to say like, you know, working a desk shift itself is hard or working, you know, in housekeeping itself is hard. I think they're just talking about the expectation of how much of it they're expected to do. Yeah, I think it's more along the lines of be, working in the industry is tough because of these expectations, not that the actual work itself is difficult. Like Tom said, it's it's having these expectations. That's what makes it hard to work in this industry. Oh, like that. So that it's difficult to work in this industry because, because of, of how much you're expected because to work. of the expect expectation of, of working hard. Okay. That's, that makes sense. Um, so not, we had to fight right, with and, and, and I'll just say not even, not even the expectation of having to work hard, but just having to work a difficult schedule. Right? So it makes it difficult to, to live a life and work in the industry. Okay. Yes great okay that makes sense so i guess like we should i guess determine thank you yes it is hard to work in the industry. i mean i would probably i would i think i could agree with that pretty much right out the gate that it's if, if the question is is it hard to have a life working in the hospitality industry given the current expectation of work and and also given the current realities of work hours then i would probably say yes it is hard to have a life do you all agree 
so yes. the the premise is correct. It is hard to have a life if you're in hospitality. Um, let's kind of go in, I guess, line by line here, because I want to figure out a way to to break this down and digest this in a structured way. Um, and I don't want to be jumping around all over the place. So are we good with the first three paragraphs? Yes. Yes. Okay. Not the first one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the 40 hour a work, 40 hours a week contracts, no casual contracts. Yeah, I'm not sure. This is definitely like an international thing. Um, I, I would assume because maybe does somebody know about this somebody um, casual contracts because i think this is talking about like i could imagine if you were working on like a cruise ship for example you would be with a contract of labor a labor contract um or if you were in a union environment you would be given a labor contract so maybe it's not necessarily a uh an international thing but i would think that it's primarily international um so like if you're a cruise ship worker you're given a contract that probably says that's probably a casual contract that says you may need to be required to work more based on business needs again just a thought i don't know if anybody can shed any light on that what do you guys think well there there could be you know a, a point to be said say in the u.s that when you are onboarded it says in your onboarding that you're going to work 40 hours a week um that's not something that can always be justified in all u.s markets especially as it gets into the winter months um, they just can't justify 40 hour a week shifts um but then i think they're also of course talking about going over those 40 hours um which really in in the u.s is is optional you don't have to go over that 40 hours challenging is good hard is bad what makes it hard is the unreasonable expectations with lack of proper support so well said statement challenging is good yeah so i think that was that's what i mean uh challenging work in hospitality i think the fact that the hospitality industry presents a challenge to the hospitalitarian i think is one of our greatest uh benefits of the industry one of our greatest calling cards to working in the industry is you can work in an environment where you are presented with a challenge every day that you can feel the success of solving and and overcoming that challenge and obstacle um and i don't think we should sell that short by any means however yeah. you know um based on what we're talking about in terms of hours yeah i think we can all agree the hours do make it difficult to work in hospitality so it was hard for Paula, decided to change career paths. Even though I love hospitality, I admire hoteliers a lot. Thank you. Um, so Kyle, maybe um, on your earlier sentiment that there's certain realities of, of hospitality that make it so that you would have to work more, you know, in the manner that it's currently expected. Can you kind of expand on those realities? What do you mean by that? What are those realities? Well, I think that like, Tom, like you mentioned something that I'll also use to help facilitate this point is that places are not busy 365 days a year. They're not. Maybe they're busy a 
portion of those days, maybe half or maybe a little more than half. So I think like oftentimes, like let's just talk, this was posted yesterday or the day before on in the wake of record busy travel season, summer leisure travel, high demand um, coming off of the pandemic, supply chain issues, staffing shortages, airlines are fucked up. Everything's going crazy. Everything's a mess. And then people are are saying this because they're probably working 60 hours now to try and accommodate the high demand period that is the reality for a lot of places, a lot of markets, a lot of people. But on December 27th, well, are we going to see a post like this in most places? Maybe in some markets, or maybe let's just say January 3rd, for example, that like New Year's, New Year's week, that Monday, New Year's. Are we going to see a lot of people posting this? I would probably argue no, because right now it's it's a reality is that it's so busy for most people that they are working more than 40 hours a week and they're probably working 10 hours a day or more. Why so are kind people... of a reality that I would say it's not busy every day, but the reality is when it rains, it pours on both sides of the spectrum. Why are people working more than 40 hours a work week? Why, when it's busy, why do people work so much? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I don't think there's a simple answer to that question. I think it, it could be for many reasons. One reason could be people work so much because they're not efficient um, and the, the property's not efficient. So maybe they don't have systems in place to maximize productivity and efficiency. So they're working harder and not smarter. So they're working more hours and spinning their wheels basically. Um, another reason could be because they don't have enough help. Um, I think that's the obvious one, right? If you, if you don't have enough help, then you're going to have to carry the weight as an individual or as a small team, because there's not enough people to distribute it. Many hands make light work. So if you don't have that, um, sorry, I'm distracting myself. I I'm sorry. Comments. It's okay. What are people saying? I feel like a lot well, of the statements lend themselves to a need for a better run, more strategic management. Dylan, welcome back, buddy. It's great to see you. I love what you have to say every single time we get on. So thanks for tuning in and thanks for contributing in your sentiments. Um, and I think that's kind of what I mean too by this, why are people working so hard? One reason could be inefficiency. And to your point, more of a strategic management uh, rather than a reactive and kind of in the moment management, um, or if that could even be considered management, it's kind of an oxymoron. So there, there's in terms of staffing, uh, you know, there's one location that I'm aware of that I've worked at in the past where they were running into staffing issues because of their staffing issues. You know, they would be understaffed. And then as they would try to onboard people to to fill that gap and to finally be able to sustain themselves, the workload was so high for the new people and they're new people, so they don't know really necessarily what they're doing, it would stress them out too much and they would quit. And they would be expected to work more because there weren't enough people around. 
Um, and so the answer for that, of course, is, okay, well, get some task force in there, make it a lighter workload for them so that they can train and build their team and fill their team. But, you know, no matter how much task force you get in there, it still was tough for the newer associates coming in. Because task force, I mean, you love to think that they're perfect every time they come out, but sometimes it's a gamble. Right. You don't always know who's coming out to, to help you, whether and you're paying a company they, they or a lot of money. Example, too. <laughs> Talk about the money, too, how much money people are spending on it. It's not sustainable. Oh, uh, hi, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so does it feel that the expectations have changed due to differences into generational changes and how they view work? Yes. Damn, that's a heavy question. Let's uh, bring our special guest, so doctor of sociology at Harvard University, Greg. What? <laughs> it's that's like a very important question. I feel like like we could bring a sociologist onto this uh, uh, onto this program to talk about this. Um, but Greg, you said yes. What do you think? Yeah. Well, when I I mean, there's a generational gap between me and and the two of you, right? We're about what 12, 11, 12 years difference, and when I started working, you busted your ass every single day, 12, 13, 14 hours. That was the job. And you were just expected to do it. If not, they're going to go find another job. Like that's, that was the expectation when I worked in, in O'Hare, like, like that's just how it was, but that's not, but as, as the, your generation is starting to come through up and Gen Z is coming up, you know, your younger Gen Z, they're not, they're not going to do that. Cause they're like, why am I going to do that? Why am I going to spend 12, 13, 14 hours of my, my day, my life working when I could be doing something else. I can go somewhere, work eight hours, make the same amount of money and do something else and enjoy to, my life. To that point, Greg, I mean, one thing that Gen Z has, um, and to a certain extent millennials have is. <laughs> Thanks Dylan. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> hey, that's nice. Um, one thing that Gen Z and, to a certain extent millennials have is the internet where we're able to see our options. You know what I mean? We've got services that are free on the I internet. I had the internet when I started working. In right. But we've, got services, we've got services like Indeed and ZipRecruiter and all these certain um, platforms that are LinkedIn, LinkedIn that are promoting positions that pay more. Right. You know, yeah. and it, it might, it might not, it might be what you're interested in, or it might be something that, doesn't require all that much experience. So hospitality has to compete with these other industries. Uh, managing an office for a law firm is going to make you a lot more money than managing a front office in a hospitality. Yeah. And as much as, you know, it's, you can't get away from the business needs of the, of the hotel, the owners, the GMs, they still have to figure out a way to make it work with these new expectations of the new generation coming into the workforce. Because if not, they just won't apply. Yeah, and I think, like, at the end of the day, like, because. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did not use stone and blood or barrier um, or pigeons you know to I apply meant. for jobs, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, um, but what was I going to say? Um lost my train of thought 
Well, this this comment, I, I'm not used to doing this with people talking to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, t- Kyle's used to just going on and on and on. Yeah, I, my brain is like having overload, but uh, I love the engagement, guys. Yeah. Keep the comments going. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. talk to you guys. Yeah, so Dylan says the labor aspect of work in our industry has really improved over time. Imagine prior to mobile chat, mobile web, mobile key, OTAs, and web search, there was 30 to 35% more peer guest interaction every day. Technology has really lessened our burdens and still may lessen it further as we adapt the tools available to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think like what is this post and are people, are, are people more concerned is the issue more so with salaried management in hotels or is this more so with an hourly associate because i think if you're an hourly associate and you're concerned about the the workload the one thing that you definitely have going for you is the fact that you're an hourly associate and the mm-hmm. ownership is is no matter what is going to be apprehensive or oftentimes belligerently opposed to overtime uh which is a reality if you're hourly versus when you're salary. So I, think I would say in general, because like a salary employee most likely won't, wouldn't do a split shift. Right. So that I think is geared towards the hourlies. Uh, Cause if you're salary, you're just going to stay and it doesn't matter. You'll just stay all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll, I'll also say like, as an hour, if you know, if you are an hourly associate, cause I've worked salary and I've um, I'm hourly. Yeah, yeah, now. Josh, I'm kind of right there with you, buddy. Sorry. Go um, ahead. I think exactly, Josh, I was going to say like, this kind of speaks to middle management. Um, but as a, as an hourly associate, if you're understaffed, um, it can be a really high burden on your workday. You can be really stressed out at the front desk. Say you're, if you're a front desk agent and it's a Sunday morning and you've got 125, 150 checkouts and it's just you at the desk, um, you're not going to have a great time. You know, you still get a <laughs> You still got to for a friend, right, Tom? You still, <laughs> you still got to do your high balances, but now you got to get the phones and everybody going out. Um, it's going to be a rough day. So, to an extent, this is staffing shortages, and is staffing shortage? I should frame it like this: Is a staffing shortage only fixed by an increase in rate? So, I just want to say this. So, I think. Hourly staff are heavily disaffected by staffing shortages when it comes to actual like production of labor, what they're doing. For example, your example, if you're a front desk agent, you're short staffed, you have to answer the phone, do your reports, check people in and out. It's a lot. If you're a dishwasher and you're understaffed, you're in the weeds. If, if you're a bartender and you're by yourself, you're in the weeds. If you're a cook and you're by yourself, you're in the weed. Like we can agree that those are, that's reality for hourly staff from a workload perspective, from an hours perspective, there is a somewhat of a padding of protection, which isn't guaranteed, but it's the, uh, again, the apprehension to, to do overtime from owners and management, unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, from a middle management perspective, you do take on a portion of the burden of the workload typically. And what's up, Yaz? Good to see you, bro. Thanks for the support. So you take on a burden of the workload, but you're also uh, salary. So there's no, you work yourself 
80 hours a week, 24 hours a day if you wanted to, and nobody's going to say we're paying you more money or nobody's going to say you're, you're, you know, your labor is out of control because you're working so much. Um, so I, I, and I think that the middle management bridge is probably where most people fall off the wagon in this industry, right? Is that there's somebody I'm sure did a study on it at some point somewhere, but it's, that's, that's it. When you reach middle management, that's like, okay, this is where you see a lot of times in my experience, you hit middle management operations and then you either leave the industry or you go to sales. <laughs> somebody, somebody let's go. <laughs> let's, All right. Called out. At, he's looking at you, Tom, Get me in but, the but, but he's let's not, go. you either go to, leave or you go to sales. Yeah. I mean, so from preaching from my experience, um, I, Oftentimes I would stay late, not because I, there was necessarily an expectation to stay late. I would stay late because I just wanted to make sure that things were handled properly or, you know, it, that my team was taken care of. Um, genuinely, there were times where it was just too busy for me to feel good leaving my night auditor alone, um, where I was just like, hey, I'm just going to stick around. You know, I'm just going to take care of these things. I'm going to X, Y, Z this. So I'd stay an hour too late at times. Um, but a lot of that was voluntary. You know, a lot of that was just me um, feeling like it was necessary for me to get that work done in order to make sure that my team was set up for success. That's um, the empathetic leader in you. And now you're in sales. <laughs> no, <I'm in> sales. <laughs> right. but but no shame in the game right so but let's talk about that for a second and now that also opens up a different world of um or you or you do what paula did right and you go into content so i always say when i'm over and i'm going to sales josh i was when i said it i was hoping you were still watching so you could say that um well, thank you dylan but it, it shows just like what Paula did going into a different role in the industry or Tom did go by going into sales. Um, Even you, Kyle, what are you in right now? Sales. You win, <laughs> you win into catering sales. <laughs> it is, this is kind of what it is. It, All right. it's, not a, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. But I will say this because I don't want to say I went into to sales because I didn't want to be in operations anymore. I love operations. Right. right. Um, I, there, there's a very big value in learning sales, huge value, um, which I didn't know before because no one ever tells you that that'll be a different episode that we do by the way. Um, but, uh, hospitality is not just what this person outlined in this post. I think like that, that's what my point is. Hospitality is not just, Hey, we're trying to attract the new generation of people into hospitality. Um, yeah, we do need uh, banquet captains and we do need, um, you know, restaurant managers. We do need front office managers. We do need those people in our industry. So that's certainly something to be addressed, but I think it shouldn't be understated or not stated at all to say that the industry is limited to those types of roles that are really at risk for these types of um, this type of uh, labor issue. Um, because at the end of the day, you can be understaffed in sales too, I guess. Um, 
you could be by yourself, have too many leads to get back to, too many inquiries coming in, contracts, you, you ha don't have time to detail anything because new stuff is always coming in. So like that can happen to you in sales. Um, but at the end of the day, that's coming to you basically via phone and email. <laughs> so you can just say, you know what, I just can't do it anymore. I'm turning it off and I'm going to respond to the emails tomorrow or I'm going to get my voicemail tomorrow. If you have, a, you know, a, if you're in the weeds and you're washing dishes, you have to get the dishes clean. Um, you can't wait until tomorrow the dishes have to get done. Or if you're a bartender and you're surrounded by a just crowd I'll, 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 I'll give you drinks tomorrow yeah. yeah like i'm putting my out of office on yeah there was, there was a time where a banquet had let out um prior to the hotel expecting the banquet to let out so they only had one bartender on staff and uh whoo that was not a not a fun time and I'm sure no bar back either. So no bar back, just one bar. No ice, no garnish, no fruit. Guests. Um, you kicked a keg. You got nothing. Um, <laughs> just start pouring your drinks yourselves. All right, just come back here. <laughs> right, we're self serve now. Self serve. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this this there's a lot of different assets. Hospitality is wide. It's deep. There's a lot to it um, that can help you stay in the industry without you know, being a victim to this sort of stuff. But I think the point is, yeah, the current stash shortage shows how wrong the industry was for years. That's a bold statement. Um, I don't know if I, I, I think I agree with it. Um, I do. I do it, agree it, with it. It wasn't, it's not a s sustainable business model right we're seeing it implode way. in real time so i guess the industry as a whole or or is the industry wrong or is it just the individual owners and management companies that have made these decisions that are now paying the price for them we see here i'm so lucky that i get to see this here for myself firsthand the number one double tree by hilton hotel in the brand in canada north america and south america that we took care of people since before the pandemic so we've been doing it for years. So now we have more employees today than we did pre-pandemic, which is, I don't know if anyone can say that right now. Um, so we have more employees today than we did. We don't have um, the, the volume of turnover that, that other organizations are facing. But it's because there's been a genuine care for people. Um, but I do think that because we've had a change from for for many decades now probably 40 years or so has been a change from the hotel owner operator the entrepreneurial hotelier into the corporate management company asset light model like all these different ways that the industry has changed from just like the entrepreneurial hotelier now to the this this new uh, brand owner and manager uh, dichotomy, we see this this issue finally imploding on us maybe 40 years later with the way that hotels have been managed by the financial statement rather than from the point of impact. I think it's absolutely the, the fact, Kyle. Like I 100% agree with that sentiment. Um, it's truly 
And I would say just from my experience, um, my perspective would be the vast majority of, of operations are not like yours. Oh my gosh, right, exactly. The vast majority are still understepped. The vast majority are really watching, not just to make sure people aren't going on overtime, but holding back for as long as they can before raising rates for associates um, at base pay. You know, it's like you don't get to survive as an industry if you're not attracting uh, talent. And especially, say, for example, locations that are further away from a city, um, they're really struggling because, you know, they really can't justify those those uh, city rates a lot of the time. So you don't attract the same talent. You know, you might have a hotel that's 30 miles south or west that um, just has higher traffic. And so they can have higher rates, attract better talent. Yeah, pay is certainly another, another issue. Um, the good news is if you make, right, most companies don't have the courage of Craig. And thank you for saying that. But also, this is a great example of the entrepreneurial hotelier versus the corporate office. Because if there's one thing, I, I wasn't there for it because I wasn't alive. Nobody here was there for it. But if there's one thing I learned from Craig who was there when it was that way, when it was like he was there before everything shifted over to what we've seen over the last 40 years. So it was right before. So when it says the industry was wrong for years, it was wrong for years, but it wasn't wrong forever. At one point, things were right and we were doing it right. Then things shifted, asset light model, management companies, controllers being promoted to CEO, all this stuff happened. And Labor now we've been wrong for software. years. Right. Yes. Yeah. Labor management software, fucking, um, what was that 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 stuff called that we had to use watson um, watson and what's the new one that's green i know everyone in the comments is gonna be able to let me know what it is um i have no idea it's a green interface it's like a efficient hotel or something what i gotta look this up can you guys still see me Moving into a new tab. So what are yeah. what are some I mean we've we've highlighted the problem I think a lot in this stream and we 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 should be getting towards the end of the conversation here now uh cuz we wanted to keep it short for these late night streams but um Greg hotel do you effectiveness. I'm sorry I couldn't yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight. Oh hotel until, effective. Yeah, thank you Josh. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to sleep if I didn't figure it out. Hotel effectiveness, right? Do you have any insights on the solution for this? I haven't figured it out yet, but I think there needs to be a serious discussion on ideas on how to do it. I think the solution is people just need to step up and take accountability for So if you if you are a hotel owner, you need to be the entrepreneurial hotelier. If you're not ready for that, then you shouldn't do it. Um, people need to know. So, so Greg, we experienced this, by the way, at the WIT, the entrepreneurial hotelier. And we had a great property where people didn't have to work themselves to death. People were good. We had good culture. We were award-winning. So we, we did experience that individual owner. Right. 
they were the entrepreneurial hotelier who owned the building. They started their own management company and they were at the point of impact, not really at the point of impact, but at the point of impact from a high level perspective, from an ownership standpoint. And then now I'm experiencing that here with Craig, but on a, just a way deeper level. So we've seen two examples of that happening where the best hotels where people are treated right and people want to come to work and people quit like and then come my, back. My hotel company is like that too, actually, as well. My Because the owner of our uh, chain is very entrepreneurial involved. So I think that's, that's really it. So you got to be – people need to just – I mean, yeah, it's easy solution. Just the entrepreneurial hotelier, that's the solution. <laughs> but that's not going to fix it across the industry. No. and no. But I do think that, for example, one thing that would, would help to fix this is um, something like what, what we're doing here, having this conversation. You know, I'm not saying we're fixing it. I'm just saying we're talking about it. Um, maybe there's somebody here who's 19 years old listening who's in hospitality school and they're wondering what their life is going to be like um and then they think to themselves well i'm going to find the entrepreneurial hotelier and i'm going to go and work for them yeah i uh so i want to go so i've had my my son he's 14 he's worked a few shifts at the hotel um both in housekeeping and in banquets and i really really wanted to convince him to come and and share his thoughts uh, with the audience because I think it's you know he's the future right in oh, two right. three four years he can he can be a future um, hotelier so not saying that he will be I don't think he will but he prefers working in banquets over housekeeping and I'm you know I could I couldn't convince him to come on the show unfortunately he was uh, being a little little shy but you know I Why wanted him to talk banquets. Exactly. That's what I wanted him to, to talk about. Why? Like, what about banquets entices you? Because he's actually working a shift this coming weekend. And when I told him what department was for, he said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. So like, hmm. what, what about working there? Cause no 14 year old wants to work. Right. I mean, it's not, I was like going to say, I, I'm last time I checked working in banquets was not a glamorous job. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So, but he wants to work there first, I guess if you had to compare housekeeping to banquets, you know, what do you choose? But see Dylan, I'll going to show this to him tomorrow and say, see, they want to hear your story. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to be faced with a confrontation of new people coming into the industry or not coming at all or leaving. Um, we're already confronting it. We've been facing it. Um, so what do we do to fix it? you guys let us know your feedback um thank you guys great show keep pushing the conversation because the corporate world is too scared to have real conversations yeah they're scared because they know it's coming well, it's, be, there's, a, there's a change coming and they don't want it to judgment day is coming people are going to get foreclosed on they're not going to have enough help um who knows what's going to happen with this recession if people are gonna i mean if it's gonna uh with business, the airlines are a big concern right now for hotels. If you're not worried about the airline situation and you're a hotelier, you should be worried about it because if you're, if you can't have a meeting because people can't show up, that's concerns you. That not, should be a problem for you as a hotelier. They're not going to have the meetings if they can't show up. So right. Yeah, you right. can't have a meeting if they don't show up. You can't stay overnight if you can't get there. 
So the pending, the, the recession is, is an issue. We have airlines as an issue. Staffing is an issue. Inflation is an issue. Construction costs are an issue. Supply chain. All these things are issues that we're confronted with. And uh, we're really in a in a position where we have to, to manage it. Now, the good news is, is that hotel rates, both historically and now, are very quick to adjust to like inflationary pressures. So we've already seen that room rates are rising 25 to 30% versus where they were before due to inflation. So there's not a, there's not a, um, I guess, long delay with inflationary pressure and the corresponding room rates, which is great. But if people can't show up and get there or there's nobody to clean the rooms or you can't get things to fix the rooms when they break, then it's the, it's, great that they are responding to inflation, but it won't do us any good if we don't have guests to stay there, people to clean them or parts to fix them. And I think, I think those are great. Um, you know, you laid out the challenges in a very, um, uh, in a great way. Those are, those are the right challenges to select because a lot of those challenges are self-perpetuating, you know, and it's going to take kind of bold action to address each and every one of those kind of separately. Because it's not the same solution for each of those as well. You know what I mean? No, it's not. It means that your sales strategy has to change. It means like everything has to change from what, what you did. Your HR strategy has to change. Do you even have HR? Which is quite frankly a big, uh, a big question to ask. Um, and if you don't have HR, because I understand you can't, if you're like, Dylan, do you have HR at your hotel? Probably not. But what does that mean for you? Knowing that there's no HR, what do you, how does that make you, your life? How does that impact your day-to-day -day life? Um, let's please talk about the 10-hour 10 10 required minimum for salary managers. I've heard that one before. Many great leaders are actively leaving the industry of our life. It's great that concerns about this industry are being discussed. Thanks, Deborah. Um, that's a, a great sentiment because we actually – I know for a fact that Greg and I worked at the same hotel where we sat in a room and somebody said, you have to work 10 hours. Um, we were both there. That happened. Uh, Tom and I have also <laughs> experienced yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So. And it, I don't think that's inherently wrong to say you might have to, to say something like this during peak demand periods as a manager, you might have to step up to the plate and work a little bit longer during this time, but on, but come the time that it's slow, what we're, our strategy is we're going to give the hourly staff hours when there's a lack of hours, we're going to give them hours and we're going to give you time off because you took the brunt of everything when it was busy. That I have no problem with because I think that as like a reasonable person, I can understand that. Um, now I'm not going to say, okay, I'm going to work 90 hours a week in exchange for a third day off in January for one week. No, that's not reasonable. But to say, we need you to step up when it's busy because the team needs leadership. We're going to surround you with support, um, and, and help so you can get the job done, but your leadership will be required as we navigate the busy period and your, your strategy is important. This is why we need you here for when it's busy. Um, Josh. Yeah. 
Um, so we need you here. We like your strategy. We think you're important, et cetera, et cetera. You need to do this for us during this peak demand period. We're giving you all the help you need. Okay, now it's slow. Hourly staff are struggling. So instead of using you as labor because we're not going to spend any money, what we're going to do is actually give you some time off. You work less hours. We give the hourly staff more, and we're not going to lay people off at the first sign of the drop in business. I can live with that. But just saying you have to work 10 hours. Right. And I think that's where Deborah's going with that. It's it's a blanket. No matter what, if you didn't work 10 hours, you didn't work your full day. Even in the middle of January, if everything is done, shifts are covered. Yeah, that's sick. No work to do. Yeah, that is that that's sick. Um, our HR represents a five hotel local management group, but not solely my hotel. Right. So you have cluster HR, like many, like very commonplace. Um, but knowing that there's no HR on property, you are you're the man um, when it comes to that. Well, it's also there's for for many associates, it makes it feel like there's nobody to go to. You know what I mean? Or even though you feel like there's a place to go, uh, it's not. You know, it's an extra step. You know what I mean? Right. And depending on like how good that HR team is, do they ever show up to the hotel? You know what I mean? Like if you're, and, th and that's one of my biggest things with like the management companies is like, we know you have cluster HR. It's no problem. I get it. It's a lot of money to have an HR infrastructure at a hotel, um, especially if you're running, you know, select service and like upper mid scale properties. But you should be, as the management company president, you should be insisting and holding your HR team accountable and paying for them to visit the hotels on a regular basis. It shouldn't just be, we're at the corporate office, we're HR, we never leave. We don't know any of the associates like that is antithetical to human resources um, and should not be tolerated by ownership or management. And likewise, if you're an owner, you should be holding your management company accountable for sending HR to your hotel because at the end of the day, the liability of the employees is on you, not not always the management company. The, the liability is on the owner and those employees are paid by the owner. Um, that's why like you always see um, the separate entities that pay. So if you're like, like, you know, Greg, we, we worked the same company where you have a management company and then you have you know, premier staffing LLC, that's your, where your paycheck's coming from or wherever it is. Um, it's because they have to have a separate entity that is coming from the owner for the associates, for the pay, the benefits, the HR stuff. So if you're hiring a management company to, to run your hotel and the HR is not showing up and you have workman's comp lawsuits, to, things are out of control, that should be the management company should be held responsible for that. And owners should be tuned into that. And management companies should be tuned into that. And employees should demand it. When is HR showing up? When are they going to be at the hotel? When are they coming in? When are we going to review our benefits? Et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, yeah, I digress. I, no, I feel like we can have a whole other show talking about how important human resources is to have on property. And is it even worth having cluster HR? And that's a whole nother. Yeah. Story. And like, I will say right now, I support cluster HR because I don't think like if you have a Fairfield in, uh, you know, a, 
um, It'll other depend. hotels. Like you can't have it there, but you can have cluster HR done right thoughtfully with intention mm -hmm. instead of just somebody sitting in an ivory tower at a corporate office saying I'm HR. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I think it depends on the cluster, right? If your cluster hotels are 50 miles apart, how much time are you really spending at each one? And that I would say, if you're hiring for an HR person for cluster and you have a wide region, travel required 50% travel. That should be out, out there on the table. If you're not willing to travel to see your associates, then you're not really human resources. You're just compliance, basically. That's not really yeah. HR. Right. Um, CJ, hello. Here? How you doing? Um, so, yeah, but anyway, uh, I think we've been like double our time than what we yeah, said. Yeah, we've, we've, <laughs> we've kind of come up on our time. And I, it's kind of a show since we're on a different topic entirely. But Yeah, yeah we can. It's been fun, though. It's been a great stream. It was a um, unintentional part two to a totally different topic of a show we didn't plan on talking about. That's what you can expect <laughs> here on HMV. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up here. I don't know what this music is here. Maybe do a little dance um, pop. Yeah. Just be sure to subscribe. Be sure to follow. Be sure to share. Um, uh, thanks, Dan, for that final point. The, the uh, Okay. Good point. Yeah, hotels and oh, great. See, that's, and, that's great. But, and Dylan has an award-winning hotel, by the way. Let's just put that out there on the table. So obviously, we know that his leadership is responsible for it, but I'm sure he's getting great support from the management company. Um, and if two miles away, oh hey, Freddie, I, Freddie, I'm going back to COD uh, this September. You're probably not a student there anymore, but I'm going to be there again to talk to the class. So. Um, and I'm telling that to Freddie because I met him at, when I did a COD, uh, which is College of DuPage um, lecture with Q&A for the students. And I'm going back there again. So we have that original video posted on our YouTube channel from called College of DuPage keynote speech. And I'm going back again in September and we're going to drop that video. It's like the Oscars. I'm slowly playing <laughs> <laughs> And this is how they signed me off of the program. I I'm getting, it's just going to wash me out until you can't hear me anymore. Yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to get another orchestra to start playing behind you. And it's, it's going to be, cut you it's off. Gonna be like a leveler where we can it'll be one in the morning. I'm still going to be talking. Everyone's going to be asleep. The music's going to be so loud. <laughs> it'll be what time for Paula? No. Okay. All right. Everybody have a good night. Have a great we'll see you everybody. next time. <laughs>